Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to Zone Time for this week. I'm Julian alongside Omar from In The Mentions. Good to see you, buddy. Rahef tapping in. I haven't seen you in a minute. Good to see you. It's always a pleasure to be with Sam from the Broadcast. I have to admit, the start of this week's show is pretty packed. It's going to have a lot of stuff, but we do have to start on a bit of a somber note. Uh, The NHL community is in mourning at the passing of Eugene Melnick, the Ottawa Senators owner. And look, Eugene Melnick, very complicated legacy as a Senators owner. Uh, But I think it's just important that we acknowledge his passing and acknowledge the fact that, yes, he did his part in keeping the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa, and there were some great teams under his watch. And he was very much a known figure among NHL fans, and media, and personalities and all that. So we, we can't let his passing go unnoticed, but uh, not opposed to anyone acknowledging how complicated his legacy is and how he is in some ways during his time as owner, alienated fans and players and other members of the media as well. I, I humbly encourage everyone to check out Ian Mendes's latest on uh, Eugene Melnick, where he explains his legacy. I think Ian probably, there's no better person from Ottawa to properly write about Eugene than Ian Mendes. Um, but yeah, I j- just from, as an outsider, obviously being in Montreal, just Eugene Melnick, just being in the, in the headlines the way that he was, always thought he was a bit of an interesting figure to watch. And uh, it's it's a bit of a sad, sad time, regardless that he is no longer with us. I'm just and I'll open the floor to everyone if they want to say something. It's not something we have to spend a lot of time on. But if anyone has any comments on him being gone, the floor is yours, essentially. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you see some comments from Pierre Dorian uh, earlier today, um, and apparently he was in tears while saying this. And he's, you know, kind of talking about how important um, you know Eugene Melnick was to the organization and. Uh, kind of had a, you know, um, I guess, a inspiring, I guess, promise or goal that they're going to bring us down the cup to Ottawa at some point. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I think, uh, as you noticed, it, uh, as you mentioned, it's, you know, it is a complicated legacy. It's a complicated history for sure. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, he did do a lot of things for, uh, for the organization, for the team and, you know, loss of life in any way, shape or form is always sad as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll okay. just echo that. And I guess, give my condolences to you know his family and you know everybody that you know is close to Eugene Melnick um but yeah that's pretty much all all I have to say as well 
with that, we will start off with some of the other things we want to talk about on Zone Time. Uh, Pierre Dorian, Pierre Dorian mentioning his comments from Florida, I should mention, because uh, all the NHL's general managers are in sunny Florida, while the rest of us are in our respective Canadian bedrooms or wherever we're doing our podcast, uh, still in the cold, trying to warm up just a little bit here. But uh, the GMs get to all meet with each other and discuss GM stuff, maybe even propose a few rules. What about the salary cap? Should we have it in the playoffs? What about how we're going to handle no trade clauses going forward? And did you guys hear Team North America is dead? The next uh, World Cup is not going to have Team North America. It had me thinking, if we were all general managers, one, maybe the teams we would all want to be in charge of would be better, maybe worse. But if we were allowed to be at these GM meetings, if you had the power to propose a rule, what rule? would you suggest to everyone there? I, I know someone has a rule that annoys, like for me, the first thing I'm doing, we're getting rid of that goddamn offside review. Yes. We're getting rid of that shit. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Took I'm the words right out of watching, my mouth. I'm tired of watching games where a goal happens and it gets called off because of some offside that happened five minutes earlier. Yep. That's mm-hmm. brutal. Freaking Matthew yep. Shane, man, ruined everything. Um, I could write a book, a thesis about how I think the NHL needs to institute a luxury salary cap and do away with the hard cap system. We would all read it. I, I could give lectures about this. I think the NHL, especially now as they really are struggling, you know, with, COVID and the pandemic and how that's affected the salary cap. I, you see teams like Arizona literally dying out. <laughs> and then you see teams like the Leafs, teams like the Canadians, who if they were given the chance, the chance to institute a luxury, you know, to, to participate in something like a luxury tax, mm. they would jump on it so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we don't have to resort to these stupid LTIR shenanigans with the cap that you see teams like Tampa do. And we don't have to have that stupid discourse, you know, speak about that for like a month. And now, you know, the GMs are trying to institute a salary cap in, in the playoffs. No, you know, the solution to that would just be, let's, let's talk about a luxury tax. I think it's time for the NHL to consider that seriously. Let's, let's put that into existence. Let's do it. Let's do it. Rehef, you are, you are right. Uh, anyone else with any rules or any grievances they want to bring up? Now is the now is the time to do it. I have one. That's kind of. Uh, I think we should go back to a two minute penalty being uh, major. So what? You score one. Keep going. Oh. Keep going. Keep I was going. on my list too. <laughs> I want. I'm with you. Okay. I, 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 I know that okay. that's how the NHL used to be, but then they changed yes. it because the Habs power play was disgusting, and they would yes. just light. They would just light teams up. Go back. Goaltending's improved. Let's let's go back. Two minutes. You score one. Keep going for the, for the keep going for the remaining two minutes because I think like like we we keep talking about officiating and stuff right you know officiating the you know refs don't call this refs don't call that we're gonna talk about refs later on it's the best in the world omar there's nothing Ah, wrong with ah, officiating ah, in the ah, nhl yeah sure do you see what kyle dubas said when they asked him he laughed (laughs) kyle dubas it was was all of us so i literally i think if you if you 
if you make the the I guess the consequences of taking a penalty more severe, then I think that in a way can maybe deter players from doing stupid stuff. Like players are always going to do things because there's there's like a one in like nine chance they're going to be called for for something. Yeah, a player will get called for like tripping or hooking or slashing, but by no means is that the only time it's happened during the game. This is the only time they got caught for it. So if you make the consequence for taking a penalty more severe, if if you take a penalty and the top in the top plot power play of a team stays on the ice for two minutes straight. Imagine taking a penalty against Colorado. Yeah, sure. Have fun. Go do that. The coach would lose <laughs> their mind. Oh, like, <laughs> like literally. Right. So I think that would, that would be a fun. I don't think they'd ever do that, but like, I would love to see that. Just go back to you take a penalty around there for the full two minutes. If you score five goals, whatever, it keeps going on until the clock runs out. Well, how do you feel? Do you oh, know sorry, that, that I would be scared about something like that. I, I don't I I do not trust the refs. They would never call anything <laughs> ever. They would never call a penalty. Like let's yeah. say let's say you know like like you're in the playoffs. Okay, it's a game seven. There's like ten minutes left. Game oh tied, my god, you're so and right. And somebody and somebody slashes the shit out of somebody else. You're so there, right. They already don't call, call it. Yeah. You're you're yeah. so yeah. right. The whistles kind of go away. It's just gonna be so much worse. I don't trust the refs. They already don't want to influence the game. So, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't want to influence the game. <laughs> so I'm going to watch a player be in- interfered with that will prevent them from making a defensive play Then the other team scores. Oh, but you know what? It's cool. We did our job. We didn't interfere with the game. Freaking, oh my God. Anyway. Sam, this, what about this you? This leads me into my rule change, which is uh, make referees available after every game. Yes. If you call the game, you have to be, you have to be available. Yes. That's it. Absolutely. That's that's my rule. I don't understand. Major League why. Soccer yeah. has this option. It should it it should happen. It like if if you're gonna make a call or you're gonna not make a call, you should be able to explain concisely and rationally why that happened or didn't happen. Yeah, the first people I'm calling. Let's go back to that Boston Bruins Toronto Maple yes. game when Nazem Kadri yes, the ha- first. I want them yeah. on trial. I'm yes. trying. <laughs> Yo, no, it's no, listen, no, Rehef is absolutely right. It's refs like that that make the game dangerous, man. They lost control. Then at that point, players just doing whatever because, like, the refs thinking, oh, man, well, I let that go. So I guess I can't call that. And then the other players are like, okay, well, I guess we can just do these things. And then the other players get mad and they start doing things worse. Like, it's refs like that. I think, was it Brad Meyer? I feel like that, I feel like that that name that name stands out. Um, it might have been I don't I don't know, but like it's refs like that that make the game dangerous. So a thousand percent, a thousand percent, throw throw them up, go speak. <laughs> you know this makes me this reminds me. Uh, did you guys see that uh, the NHL is having a an ask me anything with Wes McCauley on Thursday Dumb, on Reddit? Dumbest idea ever. You think it's a dumb idea? I love it. Thousand I mean, percent. I love Wes McCauley, so I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> You would you know, like if you, you had know, a question you know for Wes. You know why it's why is dumb? It dumb? Why is it because dumb? Every, because every question is going to be deleted. You Throw think you're going to do that? 1,000%. <laughs> 1,000%. Because you know if it's me? If it's me, I have I, I have one question. That's it. One question. Go off. Why? One word. That's it. Why? That's it. That's it. Why? Either that, either that, or what is your purpose? That's it. That's it. Honestly, I just I just want to just ask 
please explain goaltender interference and just watch West just stammer for five minutes and not have any idea how to explain it. I hope he does because you know what? I'm gonna clip the hell out of it. And then anytime we see goaltender interference, that's what I would do too. Quote tweet every single every single time I see it. This is what what the ref said. This is what the, the, the star ref of the league defined goaltender interference. So what the heck is – if I'm Brendan Gallagher, I'm watching that. I am watching that, that, that AMA. <laughs> yes. I am watching that so hard. If I'm, if I'm Nazem Kadri, I'm watching that. If, if I I'm am Connor McDavid, I'm watching Connor that. McDavid, if I'm Leon Dreisaitl, if I'm any, any star player that always has these things, these infractions done against them, and they don't draw any penalties – Austin Matthews, I'm watching that. I'm watching that with, with a microscope and just popcorn. Just like, okay, cool. Screen grabbing everything. And then when suspensions come up, no qualms. I would bring up the clip 100%. Oh, but oh, this is from Reddit. What's your point? 100%. Yeah, yeah I understand it's that. It's a guy in the league. That's the problem. See, if they did this and they had like Tim Peel, who doesn't ref games anymore, if he did this, like, at the very least, the NHL could be like, well, he doesn't ref anymore. He got caught yeah. on that one hot mic that one time. Shout out to Tim Peel, by the way. Like, not being afraid of, like, making podcast appearances after that and, like, being asked questions about the NHL and just being honest. That's that's just my sense of Tim Peel, so I'll give him that. But at the same time, like... Is he is he being honest, though? I mean, I guess he's... Because I, 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 I saw some... Did you see his tweet from this week? I, I like, saw some on. things... Yeah, I saw Wait, some which, things which, where which tweet? He's... I didn't know if he had tweet. I yeah. I I've seen and rolling yeah. my eyes. I've seen oh. Tim Peel like on Twitter say things like, "Oh, well, don't worry. The the um, the calls will even themselves out at the end." That's not the I point, Timothy. Say, That's not I was the just point. Say, West Macaulay, my question to you is: Please explain to me the philosophy behind the makeup call. Explain to me how it makes sense. Explain to me why the NHL participates in the makeup calls. Why why must things even themselves out in the end? Yeah. And is that actually the way that you know infractions in the rules work? I I don't think so. So I'm a little bit curious. Um why is that the case? Why do um <clears throat> penalties that are taken and drawn follow a linear fashion for teams? Why is that the case? Why? Yeah, it's literally just like so- you you uh, ref ref officiating philosophy is you believe that you don't want to directly impact the game. Please explain why you all liars. Please, please ask that. In that, with that, in that exact wording. Just just explain. Why, why, why are you lying? Why, 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 man? Like, God. Okay. So Tim Peel's tweet was like, one year ago today, I made a major mistake. I chose the wrong words and paid a severe price. Everything I have is because of the National Hockey League. Gary Bettman and Bill Daly were incredible to me over my career. Hey, look, someone had to give him a job, right? But yeah, so how honest is he being? That's fair. That's fair. Maybe I shouldn't have been so lavish with praise with Tim Peel. He is a referee after all. I mean, they are human, but they do make mistakes. I will say, I think this this is going to go one of two ways. Like, it's, an, it's interesting that Wes McCauley is doing it because he's, I think, probably the only ref that's mostly universally liked. Mm. And he's super entertaining, so he's going to be articulate. But either it's going to be what Omar said, where everything he says is what people want to hear, and it just gets clipped for eternity in relation to every single call. Or he somehow ruins his stellar 
reputation with fans on this. And yeah. I have no idea why he would take that risk, but yeah. I'm here for it. I'll take it one step further to the rule you wanted to introduce, Sam. How, if I was a general manager and I saw that Wes McCauley was doing you know, an AMA would, with I would random jump in. fans on Reddit, not only would I jump in, I would go to Gary Bettman and be like, well, why is he able to do that with random fans on a Thursday? But if a mm-hmm. call goes wrong after a game, I can't ask him that question. My there's coach can't ask 32 him burner accounts. On this. I was just about to say, there's going to be like a burner account made <laughs> with like a paragraph, like on, on January 6th at the third period and the second minute, uh, you did not call this. Why? Like, <laughs> if you're like, that's all these specific. Like, I think this opens the door for like, I don't know. This is like a weird slippery slope. If like, if, if a ref is willing to go on the internet and answer, ask me anything's, you know, what's the point? You know what? It would also piss me off about this. Mm-hmm. If to, to your point, Omar, about there would be a lot of deleted questions. If that AMA, they end up, okay, like we're not going to answer any officiating questions. It's just going to be random, you know, cutesy, fun like, stuff. Yeah. Cutesy, yeah, like, fun. Yeah. yeah. What made yeah. you want to get into ref, refing? What's who's, who's the best player to, 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 to work with? Yeah, exactly. how does it feel to ref a Stanley Cup playoff game? Like, like a bunch of that. Why did you stuff? make everything so epic? Yeah. Why, why, did, why did you decide to do the pose? That's going to be a fake question. Someone who's like <laughs> running, that's going to be a fake question. If they have like 20 questions in a row that are bad, someone's going to throw in like a, explain why you did the fighting pose thing. And they'd be like, oh, that's a great question, Steve Johnson, one, two, three. Like, it's just like, oh, like it's either going to be that or, or, they're going to do what I think is worse, where they're going to answer questions or he's going to answer questions in hockey speak. You know what mm, I mean? The whole cliches. like, well, you know what? Ideally, when we're out there, you know, we really try to see everything. But, you know, sometimes we miss things. And, you know, obviously it's, obviously it's very important. And we don't, want to, we don't want to impact the game. But, you know, what? we're all working as a team. You know, you know I have, you know, myself and the, and the other um, refereeing, refereeing person and the linesman, we're all trying to do the right thing. And sometimes you miss calls, but it's okay. All right, so but how come you how come you all don't don't call things sometimes? Well, you know the game happens so fast. You know, in human error. You don't know, you know what I'm saying. That's why I don't want to happen. Where it's just like a bunch of just like hockey gibberish, and we're just listening to Connor McDavid in, in, a, in an officiating sweater just answer questions. Like if we're gonna do this AMA thing, like let's make it legitimate. I don't think that's gonna happen because again, like if players get severely fined, and I think Gary Bettman like emphasized at the meetings, like people will be severely fined for criticizing officiating. So I do not believe for a second they're truly going to honor this AMA. I think it's just going to I think it's just going to be like a cutesy hey talk about yeah. funny things. How's yeah. Brad Marchand like in real life like and all that stuff. And and, and this is why like I part of me wishes that people like Kyle Davis, you know, when they're actually really angry about the officiating would just come out and like say something plainly. We'll make it just, go funny. Like, Eat the fine and like vent because I know you want to vent and I know you're pissed off. And like, I just wonder what happens behind closed doors. Like, how does that work? Like, how many times is Kyle D was picking up the phone and like calling Gary Batman about this or like complaining about the officiating behind closed doors? Like, I'm really curious about that. If you're GM, if you're GM, uh, just picked up the phone or, or just went on media one day and just said, okay, this is some bullet, some BS with this call and incurs a fine how let's say it's like a fifteen thousand dollar fine how much money are you contributing to ensure that fine is paid 
Y'all just, you can't be out here saying, hey, these GMs got to eat the fight. And they'll be all like, hey, man, you know, that, that's on you to pay. Oh, my God. He can, he can pay the fine. And I will support him um, in spirit. And on- This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Twitter, I will be his biggest fan. Yo, there is one game where, like, Sheldon Keefe, I, I would, have, would have had every right. And, like, no joke, if a GoFundMe, like, went out to, to, to pay the fine, I would have 100% put, like, 10 bucks max towards it. <laughs> you know, Sam, really would you put it. any money towards Patrick Alwyn? No, because he probably makes way more money than I do. He can afford it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. That's, that's this is true. Why, this is why I think Rod Brindamore – like has no problem going out and taking the $25,000 fines because he made so much money over his NHL career. He's just like, I'm going to say whatever I want about the refs. That's a good, that's it. Like having a player coach is a great way to get around fines. They've made millions of dollars anyway. What's Mm. 25 grand. Mm. I I see yelling at them on the ice anyway. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, that's it. You know what? I see the vision. I understand. But yeah, anyway, all the to, to kind of put a bow on this topic. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Wes McCauley didn't take any serious questions. Maybe he'll answer about, uh, it was like some, what was that call he did like six years ago? I think it's the anniversary this week. I think it was like San Jose in LA where like he he like rules it as a goal and like takes a moment and then does the epic, like I think it, you mentioned it earlier, Omar, the pose. Yeah, the, that, that the, and the fighting, like we got a goal. Or like the whole like for fighting, for fighting, like for fighting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the fact that Wes McCauley is one of the most recognizable personalities in the NHL? Like last week, we put up a poll and talked about how Connor McDavid's not a celebrity. Like, yeah. like one of the most marketable people the NHL could put up is a ref. Is Wes yeah, McCauley? It's to answer your question, it's <laughs> And then you wonder, you wonder why the NHL is like the lowest of the like major league um, sports like leagues in North America. Uh, that is the reason. But NHL's most marketable player by far is Austin Matthews. Um, I don't even think it's even close at this point. Um, and it's sad that there's nobody else like him. Yeah, but let's not let Justin Bieber around the team and design design a jersey. That's bad. The the. Sa- Jerseys the salary, good, the right? salary cap went up by one million, opinion. and that's it. Unpopular like, okay. opinion on on this particular panel, but I don't even think Austin Matthews is that interesting. Like, 
That's yeah. he is the I'm most marketable. Respect, but like, I'm, I'm with Sam. Me too. No, I agree on that. I point. objectively, objectively, I can say that. Yeah, because like when even like when he does his interviews, he just does like this. He does the same stuff. He does like the same hockey he stuff. Does, he but does he come is, out and do yeah. things sometimes in yeah. interviews where he'll yeah. do something funny yeah. or he'll have like a super cheeky response. I think yeah. he does try to show his personality. Yeah. Um, but it's not comparable to like literally take anybody from the NBA, for example. Like yeah. there's no not comparison. It's, not even close. Yeah. He has a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. He has He's a mustache and he looks like some. He looks like someone who, if I was walking around Montreal, I'd be like, okay, he hangs on the plateau or something. Or I don't know what's a very mm-hmm. hipster. Actually, like watching yeah, some of the yeah. Leafs TV stuff, I find I find like William Nylander more entertaining than most Boston Matthews. William he doesn't Love care. Life, I know, <laughs> I know, but that's what you need. I want yeah. somebody who gives no shit. No thoughts. William Nylander is just no thoughts, head empty. <laughs> but it's, give me that. Give me that. Are you saying that William Nylander is a himbo? William Nylander is the himbo. Yeah, I'm with Rahab. Oh Rahab's. my God. Number That's one the himbo. best way to describe someone. No <laughs> okay. thoughts at empty. No That's thoughts so at empty. That's You've so funny. Here. I didn't realize this, but William Nylander is the himbo of the National Hockey League. Oh my God, that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> I'm glad we were Why able to Why do you think he survives in this market? It's true. Because William Nylander that's so does true. not care. That's he so does true. does not care. But that's how somebody becomes marketable. Care. Right. Like yeah. that's a marketer's dream is somebody who does not care and will say whatever and do whatever. Cause it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. So you guys would go through an AMA on Reddit with William Nylander. You'd, you'd, I would do that. 100%. Pass me the puck, William Nylander. Yeah. That is his Twitter bio for like <laughs> 10 years. Pass me the puck, smiley face. Ew, he's so embarrassing. <laughs> I love him. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we were able to talk about the AMAs on Reddit. And uh, I expect to see questions from all of you uh, when it comes time to ask what Wes McCauley about officiating. Uh, I'll end with this weird topic that uh, was kind of percolating in my mind a little bit. It's always fun to just kind of pull up some random stat or fact, you know, just about any sport or anything you just kind of know. I was just curious if you guys have any weird stats or facts that you love to just kind of bring up with your homies when you're talking hockey. Like it could be an advanced stat. It could be like a weird hockey history fact. It could be anything. Like, is there something you just love to pull out and just be like, Hey, I know this thing. And it's a fucking weird thing. Sorry for swearing. I said the F word, but we can bleep that out. Sorry. Uh, Omar's I have one. Deep. Okay. Raf. I have one. Okay. On December 10th, 2017. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, That's a very specific date. Yeah. Six players combined mm-hmm. were alive on Earth for 36,381 days. Oh, no. No, I know what you're referencing. I know what you're referencing. I think Yay, I know what you're referencing. Christ. Put oh, up the graphic, please. Yes. Price, Mark yes. Price, Sydney Crosby, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Stephen Stamkos together combined on December 10th, 2017, were alive for a combined 56,381 days. And it is my favorite that? in the entire world. They put that gra- Do you remember what sports they put that graphic up? It's my favorite thing. It was my favorite uh, thing. Oh, that was actually really good. I, well, what was the point of that graphic? <laughs> The point, you know, 
No one knows. Congratulations, you're you're alive. Oh my god! It's just like oh there are there are there are so like I I can't name any specifically because there's so many. I'm gonna explain why there are so many. Um, because I've been I think if we could like take a tally of like my most used lines, um, mm-hmm. probably at the definitely top three. Um, is the line that the Leafs just can't lose. You know why? Because every time the Leafs lose, there's always, I always look at Sportsnet stats and I just wait for it. And it always comes up. This is the first time a team did blink and blink and so on and so forth. So for me, my favorite and most painful stat, I'll never forget this. This is what solidified the pain behind the first game seven. It was bad enough the to first just watching it. the first. Oh, oh boy. I looked on the news. They talked about it afterwards. I was watching CP24 and the anchor said, this is the first time in NHL history where a team battled back three, one into a series went up four one and then blew a lead with less than 10 minutes and lost in overtime. That entire blurb was said on the news. I got up and walked out of my house and just kept walking. It was literally like that scene. It's like it's like you know that scene in Forrest Gump when Jenny leaves. He just like like leaves his house and starts like that was like I just like I got up and I just walked out and just kept kept walking. I was like, that is so unnecessarily specific. <laughs> Like I just like that's, made it worse. That's pain, bro. That's not yeah. you. Are you gonna commemorate the 10 year anniversary of 2013? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh. That's next year, bro. Yo, if they don't win the series <laughs> this year, man, that's I'm gonna so be old. that's gonna be our lines of thinking are so different. I'm just oh. Sam is shaking her head, like, are you serious? <laughs> I got nothing. I'm not making any age jokes on this podcast. Yeah, no. We don't want, Van- we don't want Vanessa coming in here and being all like, oh, you show your ID? I don't have to, like, I don't say anything. It just, like, comes out of nowhere. Every so often, she just pops up. She's like, you're old. I'm like, <laughs> I literally did nothing so to deserve mean. this. Oh, it's so man. mean. I don't know, man. Like, I don't think you deserve any of that crap from Vanessa. Yeah. You, I, you know, just, like, violence on the timeline over age. Like, Congratulations, you're another year older, whatever. Who cares, Vanessa? Anyway, um, the one fact I always like to bring up uh, is that Joel Edmondson is the only player who played against the Leafs in the uh, Zamboni driver game and was also with the Canadians when the Leafs blew a 3-1 series lead. Joel Edmondson is a part, is was on the winning side of two of the most embarrassing Leafs losses in team history. Is that your favorite fact in general or just your favorite fact that you saved just for this specific episode with Rahab I think and Omar? A, I think a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's definitely both. Thank um, you. But Thank the thing you. is, I remember like in, re- in reference to the Zamboni game, I remember it became a thing on Leafs Twitter where like anytime Pure Engvall would score, the Leafs would like lose in like a horrible fashion. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're watching a game and Angle scored, everyone would be like, oh, God, here it comes. Um, it's coming. Yep. It doesn't happen anymore. Angle's been solid. But, like, I remember yeah. there was a long time where anytime Angle would score, we'd be like, oh, God, here it comes. Here it comes. Where is it? <laughs> I have another one. I have another one. Yes, please. Brett loved us. 
was a minus oh, three. Oh yeah, that's in hilarious. In a game where the Leafs won nine to three. How? I my don't favorite. know how. My favorite. It's amazing. It's and that kind of got that, and that kind of got rejuvenated a little bit with um Dryside on the nine five game, right? He was like a yeah, he, minus minus four, but he got a hat trick or something. I saw that's that. Hilarious. Yeah. How did, <laughs> that's hilarious. Unreal. Oh my god, that's so funny. I don't have. I don't. I'm like Omar. I don't have one in particular. Like they kind of just. They have to happen in the moment. Yeah. But also, I feel like most of my random fun facts that I like are not actually related to stats at all. Like they're just like bad. I just haven't. Like when you say Joel Edmondson, the first thing I think is, oh, he was wearing a crop top after he won the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Or like (laughs) the other day. Never forget that. Yeah. Someone brought up Andrew Cogliano. I was like, oh, Andrew Cogliano is married to Dan Bertram's sister, who the Vancouver Giants took second overall behind Gilbert Brulette. Like just random things like that like i don't that that's what i go with i don't really i don't stick with stats you, you know what's funny now now that that makes me yes of course just vibes <laughs> I, that makes me think of like draft picks who are like taken you know well ahead like remember uh, that one year me, the no, Bru- don't, don't like the bruins could have had like thomas shabbat and like all these guys like that where's the guy yeah yeah, Bruce, that's a tweet we should have brought up last week. Like, nah, holy shit, the Brutes get all these players here. And they ended up with, like, I don't even remember. I do not want to en- envision a, a world in which the Bruins actually did that. Like, it's bad enough they're good oh. They're good right now, and they've been good for yeah, too long. Geez. Yeah. No. Yeah, every every team has <laughs> Like, it, it's so funny. Like, every team, like, has their own, like, their own, like, oh, we could have drafted this person story. So, like, it sucks to, like, to, like, bring things up and like and you know and, and and poke fun at every team because you know every team has those stories but what's the draft class for the, the, <laughs> Leafs? About the Leafs Griffin Griffin <laughs> Reinhardt Oof. that was a tough one that was that was a Peter Shirelli trade no uh I think that might have I think that might have been we could Peter yeah. Shirelli has done so yeah. much bad stuff we could easily just attribute almost any bad trade to yeah. Peter Shirelli yeah that's a tough one Harvard graduate one. Peter Shirelli yeah, yeah. Uh, I was about to ask, like, what draft class for the like for the Canadians fans? They're haunted by the 03 class. I don't think the Leafs had a first round pick in that class. Wouldn't be what draft class for Toronto Maple Leafs fans is it like? Oh, we picked the wrong guy. Um, this is gonna sound wild, and Rehef, I think you might be on the same wavelength as me here. The mm-hmm. 2016 draft was brutal. Then everyone else brutal. Can I say something controversial? Of course you can. This is the show to do it. Um, what was the draft that we traded down and got Dermot and was it Bracco? 2015. 2015. Yeah. Okay. I think now when you reevaluate, maybe that like trade down. Maybe you can reevaluate that also and be like, was that Travis really Konechny. the smartest? <sighs> was that really the smartest thing to have done? Trade down for for Bracco and Dermot, knowing what yeah. we know now. Yeah. But yeah, the, the 2016 one was brutal. That was brutal. Back hey, you got Mitch Marner. I have a hard time deciding between uh, taking Jake Vertanen ahead of William Nylander and Nick Ehlers. Yo, that was so or, sick. Um, Yo, that was I'm so, so happy sick. you did that. I was so happy. Personally, as a William Nylander fan. I'm sure. I was so happy. I screwed. I was like, because I was like, man, we're going to freaking take Nick Ritchie. I was like, no, no. I was so oh, happy that happened. The Nick Ritchie stuff came full circle. It's just oh. beautiful. And it's like, was that 
worse or was like not in not even inter like I remember Matt Kachuk saying he knew the Canucks weren't going to take him because he was like the they made it clear in the interview that they were not interested and then they took I completely forgot about that because yeah Kachuk went sixth right and and yeah Vancouver was fourth oh I completely forgot about that and where's Ole Ulevi now Detroit where you played five games in Detroit he got traded I don't even know when did that happen yeah, he's he's in Detroit. He played five games in Detroit. I don't know if he's actually playing or not. Yo. 2016 NHL draft. That was the that was the draft. I think there were like rumors the Canadians were going to trade Subban to go up to try to get Pierre Luc Dubois, and then they ended up flipping him for Shea Weber. Mm. There were rumors along those lines. I might not have the exact trade right, and I think the Canadians ended up taking bad draft class. I think just in general, like I think after yeah. it's like Matthews, Line A, there's Dubois. Who else really is there? It wasn't. It wasn't a great draft yeah. class. Mikhail Sergachev. The Canadians took Mikhail Sergachev at number nine, who got yeah, flipped, flipped for, for Drew. Jonathan yeah. Drouin. Yeah, and uh, well, that that move didn't really work out well. But what do house so, fans hey. think? What do house fans think about the 2018 draft though? Because I remember like ahead of that, like there was a whole like because I remember Cock and the Emmy was it was originally I think ranked like third or or not third, sorry, yeah. Yeah, like fifth or sixth, and then like as like May and June turned around, then like Bob McKenzie were like, oh, you know, he could go third. Right. So, and I remember before it was between like Cock and Yemi or like Brady Kachuk or like Phillips, uh, Phillips uh, Zadina was around as well. I wonder, I don't know, like what's the, by like, the way, the vibe for, so, for, so for context for 2018, so number one, Rasmus Dahlin, number two, Andres Feshnikov, Yasperi Cock and Yemi goes three. Here are some players who went after Yasperi Cock and Yemi. Brady Kachuk at four, uh, Barrett Hayton in Arizona at five, Phillips Zadina at six, Quinn Hughes. Sam knows a thing about Quinn Hughes at seven. Uh, Vitaly Kraftsoff to the Rangers at nine, Evan Bouchard at 10, uh, Joel Farabee went after, uh, Keandre Miller much later on in the first round, Joe Valeno, a couple good guys, but uh, the Canadians also got Jesse Ulin and Alexander Romanov later on, and there are a few other guys that were there, but uh, yeah, I think the consensus out of that is that, I mean, I think a lot more people were mad that they didn't develop Kock and Yemi properly. I still think Kock and Yemi should have been a rookie like this year. Yeah. They shouldn't have rushed him, but I think the Canadians probably could have used Quinn Hughes. Actually, there was an article I read, and I think Mark Antoine Godin wrote it, and there was like some scout that they were talking to, or they heard something about how they didn't like Quinn Hughes because he was a small defenseman, and they already had Victor Mete in their system. That's a wild take. You're comparing I, Victor <laughs> Mete to, 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 to Quinn Hughes. That's, a, that's an asinine comparison. It's asinine, 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 But anyway, uh, we can do an entire episode on draft picks missed. And maybe that might actually be a, a an episode worth doing where we get everyone from our respective markets to go in on all the great players they could have missed. I'm going to save that as an idea. Yeah, uh, right before the, the draft. Yeah, That is a beautiful idea. Let's do it before the draft. I'm writing that idea down, Sam. Uh, Sam, Rahef, Omar, thanks as always for being on Zone Time this week. Uh, thank you listening or watching or wherever you listen to this great show for doing as you do. Please subscribe to the uh, Yahoo Sports NHL YouTube page. Subscribe to the Zone Time podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, Sam, why are you laughing? 
<laughs> my child is crying. Oh, oh no. Shout out to Baby go, Sloan. Okay, go take care of Baby Sloan. We got you. Don't worry about it. Okay, <laughs> at the very least. Uh, for everyone, I'm Julian saying so long. We'll be back next week uh, with a brand new episode of Zone Time. Crying babies at all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.